uh, our mind immediately goes to verse number 22. And rightfully so. The Bible says right here, and of some have compassion, making a difference. And as I began to think about Jude 22, my mind went back to the beginning of this book because the statement that is found in the book of Jude, uh, verse number 22, and of some have compassion, making a difference. It speaks of that, that servant spirit, if you would. Uh, it speaks of that, that desire to truly make a difference. Uh, it speaks of the, the goal, the ambition, the, the, the end goal concerning that statement, making a difference. And I began to think about the, the day and age in which we're living in and as the, well, the world begins to change and as society begins to go further and further from the Lord and Christians desire to make that difference, well, what stands out about this book of the Bible and specifically Jude? And we're not going to get very far this, this uh, evening. We're going to look right at the book of Jude, the very first verse here, and really the first couple of words. Notice with me if you would, because this is where we find our text. Jude, verse number 1, the Bible says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. Man, what a, what a statement right there. You begin to think about your own life, and you begin to think about your desires, your goals, your ambitions, the, the, the things that would describe you, the, the way that people would talk about you or describe you as an individual. And I wonder if that could be what would be said about you. Jared, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Dustin, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, the Bible starts off right here in verse number 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. And you begin to see as the, the, the text continues to flow throughout this book of the Bible. And it comes to verse number 22. And it says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. Could I share with you, if you truly want to make a difference in this world, then may your goal, may your desire to simply just be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we have so many goals and we have so many ambitions. We have so many things that are out in front of us. And we say, you know what, I really want to do this and I want to have this and I want to be able to say this one day and have this and all of these many things. But I wonder tonight if one goal would be, Lord, I want to just be a servant. Well, what does that mean to be a servant? Well, you know, you begin to, to go and you begin to study the scriptures. And if you were to find yourself trying to do a word study on some form of either service, serve, servant, servants, if you would, you would find that the Word of God deals with that subject a lot. It deals with it greatly. And as we said this morning, one of the, the, the tragedies of the Christian life in, in our day and age today is that we neglect the Word of God more than ever. And so many folks don't understand what it means to be a servant of the Lord. Many don't understand that, that God's desire is that all of us as the children of the Lord would be a servant of the Lord. You know, uh, I've come in contact with people who would be talking and we'd be talking about serving or something and it, it was as though they began in conversation to display the misunderstanding and, and they'd, be, they, they'd say something like, you know, that would portray that they didn't realize they could serve the Lord. Uh, we begin talking about something and, 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 and through conversation it would come across as though they didn't realize that they were allowed to serve the Lord. If me and Jared were talking and we were having a conversation and we were talking about, you know, what I'm doing and if I were to say, you know, hey, man, I was able to do this and this and, and he would say, man, I wish I could do things like that. Well, you can. Serve the Lord. and Be a servant of the Lord. And as you come to this text right here, as I was reading this short book of the Bible, that just stood out to me. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. I mean, point blank. 
the servant of Jesus Christ. And this morning, or this morning I dealt with this a little bit as we looked at having a desire to do great things for the Lord. And I believe that's our desire, our goal, our ambition, if you would. But I want to bring two points to you this evening and encourage you in this, this idea, this subject of the servant, if you would. Jude, the Bible says, the servant of the Lord Jesus. And I want to encourage you to desire in 2021, as you close out, to work on being a better servant of the Lord. Uh, do an evaluation this evening. I think about my own personal life, and <clears throat> one of the things that I have taken, you know, somebody was just recently talking, and they were talking about leadership. And they were talking about not only, you know, starting to be a good leader, but sustaining that leadership. And the statement was made as the question was asked about how do you continue to be a, a good leader, and the, the individual said this. They said, there's a lot of books that are written on how to be a leader, but there's not a lot of books that are written on how to sustain and be a successful leader. And you begin to think about that in the Christian life whenever you think about being a servant of the Lord and, and desiring to be used of the Lord. Uh, there is much that we find even written by people in our society that write on serving the Lord. But what about being a successful servant of the Lord? One who is truly doing a work for the Lord and doing it effectively. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. Notice with me, if you want, two, th or two things this evening. Notice with me the servant's spirit. The servant's spirit. If you were to go and you were to read Jude, you would find that he, he begins to display a certain spirit. And as you come to verse number 22, and have some have compassion making a difference, that spirit is displayed right then and there. That spirit was to make a difference. That spirit was to, to or that, 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 that desire was right then and there. And so the servant's spirit is displayed in four different ways. I believe these are things that we could come to realize. And <laughs> this evening, we're going to see, and we're going to continue to use this word servant, many different characteristics, if you would, but how is it described? One would describe a servant as one whose will is swallowed up by the will of another. You begin to think about the servant of the Lord, you think about Paul, you think about David, you think about some of those in Scripture, and we look at them, and their will was swallowed up by another. Well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like one who has a desire, has a goal, has something that they are on track to do, then all of a sudden they come in contact with another will. And they surrender their will to God's will. You know, there must come a time in every single one of our lives where we come to the place where we say, Lord, no longer my will, but thine be done. Yes. Lord, what does, that, what does that look like sometimes? That means that you are no longer saying, Lord, I want to do all of these things. No, no, no. And now all of a sudden it's, Lord, I want to do whatever your will is. Man, how hard is that? I mean, you set goals. You think about from even a childhood uh, you think about all of the things, the ambitions, the, the goals, the vision, the, the future that you begin to see within yourself and what it looks like. And all of a sudden, right in one meeting, all of a sudden things change. Right one day as you wake up and you're sitting there on your couch and you're reading the Bible, everything just changes. It's as though when you're sitting in a revival service or a missions conference or you're, you're at a, a youth meeting or at your home or whatever the case is, that all of a sudden God says, no longer your will but it's swallowed up by His. I remember there was a time whenever I had all of these goals and ambitions from even a child. I thought, man, I'm going to go and play basketball one day for the University of North Carolina. Billy, don't laugh. I said, man, I'm, that's my goal. 
moved to Columbus, Georgia, still had the goal. You can ask Miss Kelly. I showed up, and, and that was, I mean, I, that was my goal. I wanted to go play college basketball for the University of North Carolina. And uh, all of these goals, and all of a sudden, I began to go to church. The Lord was using the preaching of God's Word. And I remember I was sitting there at that camp, and right after I'd gotten saved, the Lord really, over a couple of months, began to work in my life. Now, look, I had all these goals still. I had these desires. I was going to do this and this and this, and all of a sudden, just like that. I says, all right, it was, it was fun while it lasted, you talking about your will, what you're going to do, but I have a will for and I remember wrestling with that for weeks upon weeks upon weeks until I finally just let that will of mine be swallowed up by another. I said, Lord, I want to serve you. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. Notice these four characteristics concerning the servant's spirit. A servant has a desire. A desire. You begin to think about your own life before Christ, and no doubt you were probably like many where you were serving self, and you, you only had a desire to do what you wanted to do. It's an amazing thing after you begin to, to realize that God has a specific will for your life, that all of a sudden as you allow your will to be swallowed up by His will, all of a sudden your desires change. If you were to ask me 10, 15 years ago what desire I would have had, it would have very simply been to wake up, to get dressed, and go outside and play basketball. Today, if you were to ask me, hey, what is your will? It would not be that. It would be that I want to be used of the Lord, that I want to, to stand and proclaim the Word of God. I love preaching, and I love serving the Lord, and I love serving the Lord with my family, and I love doing all of these many things and watching God work. And I was talking to my brother-in-law just the other day, and I said, hey, find ways to just do what God would have for you to do. Just sell out to it. Just, just ask the Lord, hey, Lord, what doors would you open so that I can just do more of what you've called me to do? I'm able to go, and just this past weekend as I was able to, to go and to preach this past week to young people, it, it stirred within me, and I was thinking about these young guys over here that are in this program and the, the joy that comes with preaching to them and, and being able to stand behind a pulpit and preach to our church and all of those many things. I love preaching God's Word. That desire was not a natural desire. It was a desire that all of a sudden God swallowed up all of these other desires and His will began to really make a difference in my life. And that desire changed. And you begin to look back, as I was talking to my brother-in-law Troy just the other day, we were talking about how those memories of being in high school are right there, yet they're still so far away. I mean, we're, we're years removed from high school, yet those memories are right. I mean, you can, it's as though you could grab those memories and, and, and remember those things. You could, you could touch them, yet it's so far away. And all of a sudden, I look back on those years since I've been removed from all of that, and I begin to see through all of that, the desires change. Well, what's the, what, what's, what, what stands there in the gap? The Lord was the one changing those desires. But here's where the difficulty lies within us. There have been many days where God was trying to change those desires where I wrestled with it or said no. And I'll tell you, those are some miserable days. Have you ever been, been wrestling with the Lord and the Lord had been impressed upon your heart and you just kept telling Him no and you were restless about it? You were frustrated about it? You were, you were snippy about it? Why? You weren't mad at other people. You were mad because you just wouldn't surrender to God's will and allow Him to use you in those things. 
Fear crept in and, and all of a sudden you come to the end of yourself and you say, all right, Lord, I'll say yes. Jude, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice these words, Jude, the servant. What does a, a servant's spirit look like? Well, a servant has a desire. It's voluntarily done. It's, it's expressed with the right spirit. As a child of God, you ought to desire to serve the Lord. And it shouldn't be something that you just say, ah, oh, well, I have to do it. To, no, you get to. You, you have the privilege of serving the Lord today. Well, what a privilege. You begin to think about people who, who use that statement, oh, it's a privilege. If you were to you know, meet someone that you hold in high regard, you say, man, if I can meet one person, I would want to meet this person. And if that individual was standing there and said something along the lines of, hey, would you mind doing this for me? What would we say? We'd say, oh, it would be my honor. Yet every single day, the Lord, it's as though he is standing there saying, oh, would you just, would you mind going and doing this? Would you mind sharing the gospel? Would you mind inviting this person? Hey, would you mind being a servant? And I wonder how naturally it flows. Oh, Lord, I would, I would gladly do this. Oh, it would be my honor to do this. To be a servant of the Lord is a great honor. As you think about these words, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, he was one, a servant that has a desire. Not only this, but a servant has a dedication. A servant is one who is sold out. They're locked in. They're given. They're totally committed to serving the Lord. A servant desires to please his master and do whatever is needed to fulfill those desires. Philippians 4.13, a verse that we all know, says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Just the other day, I was, I was talking to someone. They made this statement about this being one of their favorite verses. And one of the things that we oftentimes misunderstand is this verse is not a verse that you can use for your own desires. And this isn't something that you just, all of a sudden, you, you set all of these plans and goals and, and all of a sudden you determine, hey, I can do all things through, hey, does it line up with what God would have for you to do? That's something you have to consider. It's something we have to think about. That statement, I can, these are words that are of persistence or perseverance. They're, they're words, I can, it speaks of goals, ambitions, of understanding. And a lot of times we focus on the very beginning, I can do all things. And even the end, which strengtheneth me. Well, can I share with you this evening that the difference maker of that verse is not that you can do all things. It's the key words this, through Christ. And as you begin to think about your own life and what you ought to do and what you desire to do, could I encourage you, if God leads you to do something, He will always provide through His will. Man, the, the, the many times when God has been directing uh, us or me personally, and, and I know you've all experienced this, and He begins to direct you and begins to reveal some things to you, and you say, Lord, I cannot do this, and it's His will. That's whenever this verse shows up in your mind. I can do all things through Christ. Why? Because it's not you that's doing anything. It's you doing it through Him. And he's going to provide all the strength and all of the grace for His way to be accomplished. A servant has a dedication. A servant has a desire. What else about this servant's spirit? Well, a servant has a delight. As I was studying the servant, if you would, a servant could be defined as one whose will is swallowed up in the will of another, it could be defined as one who is sold out, locked in, given, totally committed to the Lord. It could be also described as a bond slave. In Scripture, it was an honor to be this. If someone were to approach you and desire that you would be that, that master's bond slave, it was great honor. 
And you think about the many servants in the Word of God, you think about Paul, you think about Peter, you think about uh, Jude, you think about others in Scripture, and man, the servant spirit, they had a delight. The Bible says this, I delight to do thy will, oh my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Psalm 40, verse number 8. And I wonder sometimes within our own lives if we have come to the place where we delight so much that it truly would be an honor to serve the Lord. As you wake up tomorrow morning and you begin to think about what God has for you, and those words run through your mind and you say, Lord, I want to accomplish your will. Where does that start? Jacob, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jaden, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. As you go your different ways, some of you will go to school, some of you will go to work, some of you will be at home and you'll have plans and tasks and things to get done. You say, Lord, I want to accomplish your will. Where does that start? A servant of the Lord. See, a servant of the Lord does whatever is asked to be done. There are times whenever the young people will come and they'll they'll say, Pastor, do you need me to do something? How can I help this, this, this? I, I rejoice in that. It's an encouraging thing. Why? Because they just want to be a blessing. You see, that servant spirit revealed in that delight. They just want to be a blessing. What about this servant spirit? A servant spirit, you begin to think about the servant. They have a desire, a dedication, a delight, but they have a death. They have a death. The servant has a death. You say, what? I've got to die? Yeah. You've got to die. You've got to die to self. The Bible says, from henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Jude was a willing slave of Jesus Christ who was willing to do the will of God and not his own. You begin to think about Paul. Paul was also in this mindset of being a bond slave and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about Peter. You think about others in Scripture who were just bond slaves and at the the, the, the master's expense. In Galatians 6.17 when it says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. The word marks means this. A mark pricked in or branded upon the body. It gives the picture of a stamp of their master branded or pricked upon into their bodies to indicate what master they belonged to. Can I share with you? They stood out. In our day and age, we need more servants of the Lord to stand out. When people come in contact with you through your conversation and and through how you live your life, it should be as though you bear the marks of Jesus Christ and they say, that's a Christian. Paul had this idea and this understanding that no doubt he was one who suffered for the cause of Christ. He was probably referencing to those marks on his body. Paul was not one who you would be wondering if he stood out for Christ because he gladly did so. And I wonder... As I were to look at Jared, if I were uh, an individual out in public, if I were to see you out in public, if, if I would immediately say, that's a person, through conversation, through getting to know him, man, that's a Christian right there. You stand out. Can I encourage you this evening, as a servant of the Lord, there has to be a time when there's a death. A dying to self, it's, it's got to come to the place where the Lord reveals to you it's not about you. Uh, The more that I study the Scriptures and the more that I open the Word of God, the more that through His Word it's revealed it's all about Jesus. It's all about God working in our lives. It's all about the Lord and what His will is to be accomplished. And as you go through and you begin to uh, just kind of funnel through the the, the pages of the Word of God, the Gospel just is interwoven. Man, what a message. And how many times 
Do we use excuses as to why we can't do this and why we won't do this? And I pray that every single time that whenever we make an excuse as to why we can't serve the Lord, as to why we can't accomplish that will that he's put right before us, as as to why we, we can't get rid of our will and that our will be swallowed up by his will, and that the question comes to our mind, are you a servant of the Lord Jesus? Are you a servant of the Lord Jesus? May conviction set in. And may we come to the end of ourselves and realize that there has to be a death. Notice with me, number two, notice the servant's distinction. What are some things that stand out about this servant? There are many different people that we've come in contact with, many doubt, no doubt, that you've come in contact with. And there are some servants that, hey, man, I want to I spend time with that servant of the Lord. And then there's others, and I know <coughs> I've come in contact with some people that are Christians that, are servants of the Lord, and and I would say, man, that's not a servant of the Lord I want to spend much time with. Why? Because maybe some of the things that the way they carry themselves, or there's just a, a, a spirit of just drudgery about their service. Maybe there's a this this idea that if if they don't get all the applause, then they're just not happy about it. If, look, if 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 this person can't recognize that they need me, hold up now. They don't need you. You see, all of us are very easily replaceable in the work of the Lord. For every Jonathan Hodges, there's another Jonathan Hodges right around the corner. Now, God doesn't desire to lose this Jonathan Hodges. So don't let pride creep in. It's not about you. It's not about me. For every Jaden, there's another Jaden. Well, I don't know. He's pretty unique. not about us so what are some of the distinctions jude the servant of jesus christ the first distinguished thing is this they're a new creature they live a godly life the bible says in romans 7 6 but now we are delivered from the law that being dead wherein we are were held that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter 3, 5 of the book of Titus, the Bible says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 10, 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Can I share with you this evening, to be a servant, you must be saved. You say, I want to serve the Lord with my life. Are you saved? What a shame that many people have become confused by a works-based salvation and they work their way all the days of their lives. They're working and, hey, they have good intentions and they're doing a great work only to realize one day that it wasn't about the work that we have done. It's about the work that he already did. And they come to the end of their life and they, they hear something and it's, it's brought to them and it's so plainly described that, hey, it's not anything you can do. Just place your faith in Jesus Christ. Not only are they a new creature, but they rejoice in the Lord. Man, I love servants of the Lord that just rejoice in the Lord. Now, that's an exciting thing. 
The Bible says in Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do thy will. Oh, my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Philippians 4, 4 is one of my favorite verses because it's to the point. It's, it's very uh, black and white. It, there's no, no questioning. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say this, rejoice. Psalm 5.11, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Now We've got a lot of cranky Christians in our day and age. Come here real quick for me. Brother Harold, could you come here real quick for me? You got a lot of cranky Christians. Could you two just turn around and just smile? <laughs> Don't that just, it just brightens your day. A smile. It's a, you, ever, you ever seen someone whose smile just brightens up the room? I mean, you just see those people and you're thinking, man, that person, that, that, ain't that awesome? It's awesome. <laughs> Altar call now. <laughs> You ever see the, the, the people just smile and you think, man, that person's just always happy. It's amazing what just rejoicing the Lord will do. You want to be a happy Christian? You want to be that Christian that's always smiling? Rejoice in the Lord. And if, they, if I were just to have them stand right here this, this evening and just smile, it's exactly what we'll be taking. You'd, you'd be smiling yourself. You'd be laughing. Why? Because it's just it brings that joy. Smile for me. Give me a good smile. Give me a good smile. You can be seated. Y'all can be seated. Smile. Listen, there is there is so much negativity in our in our society, in our world today. Man, if the Christian would just be happy. Rejoice in the Lord. If you were to pause for just a few moments each and every single day and just think on all of what God has done, it ought to bring a smile to your face. And on your hardest of days, recount all the blessings of God and just walk throughout the day just smiling. I mean, we, we've pat, I mean, you think about certain kids, and Jackson, we used to laugh because he, he has one of those just those giggly laughs where when he gets to rolling, it just, I mean, you can't, you start laughing. And there's a video of, of, of the Doyle girls, and I think it's Kayla. And she's, Jackson's probably, a, you know, 10 months old or so, and he might even be younger than that, but he's laying on the ground, and Kayla's just swinging her hair in his face, and the kid's just going, I mean, he's just cracking up, and he's cackling. And you watch those videos and it brings joy to you. You think about that in the Christian life. It's hard to be negative whenever there's a Christian standing before you and just rejoicing about all that God has done and who he is. Well, what's one of the, the attributes, one of the, one of the characteristics, the distinctions of a servant? They rejoice in the Lord. The third thing we see about this distinction is they're surrendered. Acts chapter number 5, verse number 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. As I was preparing and studying, and one of the saddest realities is many individuals will work their entire lives for the approval of man. And they like to be well-liked and they, they love for they, they can't handle when, when someone dislikes them or whatever the case might be, and so they work for the approval of man their whole life, all while missing out on the approval of God in their life. Peter had it right, man. 
Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. One of the, the attributes, the characteristics, the distinctions of a servant is they're surrendered. Could I ask you tonight, are you fully surrendered? You say, I'm surrendered to a point. No, 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 that's not fully surrendered then. Well, I've surrendered 98.9% of my life. That's not fully surrendered. The Lord is not pleased with just a portion of us. He desires all of us. Are you surrendered? You want to be a servant of the Lord? Surrender your all. What's another distinction? They're humble. The Bible says in James 4, 6, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. D.L. Moody once put it this way, The measure of a man is not how many servants he has, but how many men he serves. And I wonder in our personal lives, how many of us have that mindset of, man, I just want to be a blessing to someone. Let me be an encouragement to you. I grew up with people who would always make the statement, don't be a blessing blocker. And you've probably heard it. You've probably used that statement before too. But I love when people are serving the Lord and they're humble about it. What's another distinction? They love people. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. First John 4.11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I wonder tonight if God were to bring Christians together all throughout this town and or even let's just go to the local church. And in the local church and a church this size, it, I mean, I dare say that there are differences. I dare say personalities are different. And if we were to let the Lord reveal those differences and if there was someone who didn't like another and God revealed that, you know what one of the greatest things that gets other Christians stirred up? Go ahead and stand up. I don't like you. (laughs) It's brought to my attention he doesn't like me. It's brought to his attention he doesn't like me. All of a sudden we're sitting in a church service and God is working in both of our lives and all of a sudden the Lord reveals to us. We need to get things right. I don't want to love this guy, but the Lord's making it known I need to. So all of a sudden, I approach him. And all of a sudden, I embrace him. I kind of love you. And all of a sudden, I start praying for him. And all of a sudden, we start communicating because the Lord's impressed upon my heart to, to work on this and to really strive to love this person. The Bible teaches this, love the unlovable. It's a hard thing to do. No, you're lovable, man. It's questionable. Man, what joy it brings to the local church and to other Christians when Christians love each other. Man, it's amazing. You you get on social media, you get you go and you go to visit other churches. You go to other local ministries, you talk to other Christians, and it's amazing how much bashing of other Christians goes on. You say, does it really? It does. Can I ask you this question? How many of us have done that? You see, it's easy to, to reveal that it's being done, but I wonder if it's being done here. Love one another. 
A servant of the Lord loves others. And there's that joy that is brought up in that communication. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. What's another distinction? They're responsible. Matthew 25, 23 says this, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Man to be responsible. We've not got much time. What else? They seek to encourage. Isaiah 50, verse number 4, the Bible says, The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. They seek to encourage. There are some Christians that are just gifted with the spirit of encouragement. I mean, we have some of that in our church and some of the individuals who might think, oh, I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not prominent in this ministry, but you're an encourager. And the, the difference that an encourager can make in people's lives. What's the greatest attribute, in my opinion? The final thing is this. They seek to magnify Christ. The Bible says in John 30, verse, or verse number 30 of chapter number 3, He must increase, but I must decrease. 1 Corinthians 6.20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's easy to take for granted the very first couple of words that are found in the book of Jude. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. And we go straight to verse number 22, and we overlook the rest of it, and we come to this, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Well, how did Jude get that desire? How did Jude come to the place in his life where he said, hey, I want to make a difference. I want to have compassion. He, He killed himself. He was dead. It wasn't about him. There came a time in his life where he died to self and he just very simply became a servant of the Lord. And if you go and talk to people, there are many people who are being used in, by the Lord, and you'll make this statement, man, the Lord's hand is on that person. If you were to go and you were to talk to that person, they won't even realize what you... I mean, they'll, they'll realize, hey, I'm getting opportunities, but they, it's just they're serving the Lord. They're just doing it. And you come to, to them and you ask them, man, how do you do this, and how is this, and this, and this, and, and it's just, I just, I'm just following the Lord. I'm just serving the Lord. I'm just doing what he's called me to do and uh, every step that he is leading me, I'm following. Every door that he's opening, I'm walking through and I'm just serving him. And so the characteristic that defines them or the statement is they're a servant of the Lord. And I wonder tonight if we would find ourselves heading out of 2021 saying I want to be just a servant of the Lord. You know, culture defines us by all of these many things. Culture says individuals are powerful. Culture defines people and they'll say, this person is gifted. This person is talented. This person has all of these things. They're they're, they're rich. They're wealthy. All of these many expressions that define people. And oftentimes you don't hear this statement in our culture today. They're just a servant. They're just a servant. And so because we live in a culture that is so selfish, oftentimes we think that we have to be defined by all of these things. But could I encourage you, if the only thing that defined you was that someone said you're a wonderful servant of the Lord, don't be offended by that. What a blessing. 
Count it a privilege to be defined by that statement, you are a servant of the Lord. And what a joy. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, and of the brother James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. You go to verse number 22. And of some, have compassion, making a difference. Well, how did he make a difference? He was just a servant of the Lord. May tonight be a a desire of each of us that we would just simply be a servant of the Lord. As you head into 2022, as you set goals, every single day, may that goal just very simply be to die to self and say, Lord, I'm at your expense. Let me be a servant today. Lord, I just want to be used. And Lord, if that means doing this, I'll do it. If that means going here, I'll do it. Lord, I'll do whatever you say. Lord, I'm a servant. That's all I want. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, I thank you for our church. Thank you for the people. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be a servant. Be defined by these distinctions. Lord, to have the desires and have the, the determination and all of the delight in your will and your ways. I pray that you'd help us. Help us to have a servant spirit. <coughs> Lord, there's so much division in our world today, even amongst Christians. Lord, I pray that you protect our church. Lord, that division wouldn't creep in. That a critical spirit wouldn't creep in. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, help us to just, as a church, as a body of believers, Lord, that we would be a people that are just servants, that love the Lord, that want to serve Him with our lives, the desire to be right in our standing, Lord, that we be righteous in our living and follow You all the days of our lives. Lord, if there's sin in the church, I pray that You deal with it. If there's sin in our lives, I pray that You deal with it. Lord, if there's hurting families, I pray that you'd encourage them and help them. Individuals that are struggling, I pray that you'd lift them up. Lord, there's no doubt in my mind that Satan wants to creep in, destroy, destruct, discourage. And Lord, we know he has many ways of doing so. His tactics are unimaginable how many he has. And so, Lord, I pray that you put a hedge of protection about each family, about each individual, about this church. Lord, I pray that you would continue to unite us and guide us and direct us, and, Lord, that we'd follow. Lord, help us to follow in faith, even as you guide us into things that we can't understand or directions that we don't know how you're going to provide. Lord, may we just say yes. Lord, as servants, Lord, may we not be scared of what you lead us into. Lord, may we follow you every step of the way. Lord, once again, I pray that you would be with each individual, be with each family. I pray that you'd strengthen the homes. We'll thank you for it. Guide us now, be with this invitation. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.